What's up everybody? It's Dan, Binder Boneyard, back here in the office doing some podcasts. Um, this is probably going to be part of a series uh, I'm going to do on the black truck build, the trip to nationals and homecoming, and the trip back and some future stuff. So probably going to cover three, four episodes. So if, uh, don't freak out if I don't get to something you want to hear in the first one. Um, but you're also welcome to shoot me a message via social media. Um, and, um, let me know if you want to hear something or have a specific question you want me to cover. Um, so first of all, thank you everybody for, uh, tuning in. Uh, I know these are pretty sporadic. Uh, just been super, super busy. Um, you know, um, the current state of, of everything right now, you know, people having a hard time finding employees, um, you know, wage stuff, product shortages, that kind of thing. It's all, um, it just makes it hard for us to work steady. Like, I mean, we have steady work. That's not what I mean. It's the, we're so busy that I don't have time sometimes to squeeze out these podcasts, you know, when I'm in here at seven in the morning and I don't leave until nine at night. Um, you know, it's, it's tough to, to sit down and <clears throat> knock out a, a quality half hour podcast. Um, just because it's, yeah, it's, it's tough. Um, I'm not as young as I used to be. Um, it's hard to, it's hard to stay awake for 20 hours, uh, you know, for a week straight uh, and not suffer <laughs> something in the end. So, um, yeah. Anyway. Um, so thank you everybody for listening. Uh, thank you everyone that came to the shows and, you know, told me that they listen and that they enjoy them and the Patreon supporters and all those guys. I, I'm super grateful, uh, for all that stuff. So, uh, I'm going to try to get back on a steady schedule and try and keep everybody happy. Um, so anyway, so where do we begin? Um, how about the beginning? My black truck, uh, 71, 1210 travelette. So it's, it started out its life as a three quarter ton two-wheel drive crew cab pickup. It had a 392. Uh, uh, that was a non-improved cooling 392. Uh, and a Borg Warner automatic. It had a Dana 60 in the back, 373 gears, I-beam front end. Uh, pretty basic, real basic truck. Um, 
it kicked around for a while. Um, Chad Maycroft owned it. He used to work for IH Parts America. He sold it to Robert Searles up there in Billings, Montana. And then I bought it off of Robert. Um, I paid too much for it back then. I've had it for almost eight years now and I paid too much back then. I paid, you know, now today's money, I would have stole it. Um, just because of the, the way the market has changed. Um, so anyway, the, the evolution of the black truck, uh, got it home and just drove it for a while, just trying to figure out what it needed. It needed a bunch of stuff, you know, it was not, um, everything that I had hoped it'd be, um, but you know, it, it, I ended up doing a bunch of maintenance and mechanicals that had been neglected, you know, which is pretty much how I started this business to begin with was buying neglected trucks, doing maintenance and basics, shining them up and then reselling them. Uh, cause I had a paying job. So it's not like, you know, I needed to sell each one for a million dollars. Like I just, I'd, you know, get one for, you know, buy a pickup off Craigslist for 500 bucks, have it for two months, get it running, shine it up, drive it, and then sell it for two grand, you know, like <clears throat> whatever. Anyway. So, um, shortly after got it sorted out, uh, put a front axle under it to make a four wheel drive. Uh, it was just a Dana 44, um, disc brake head Chevy outers, um, kept that 60 rear. Then, um, drove, <laughs> drove that truck across the country towing a trailer. Uh, and the Borg Warner did fine. Don't let anybody tell you that Borg Warner automatics junk. Um, cause I crossed the country at like 18,000 pounds and it did fine. Uh, cracked a head on the 392, um, still made it across the country, uh, but it was pushing water out of the overflow bottle. You know, every, every, uh, you know, four hours you'd have to stop, let it cool down take the water out of the overflow bottle, put it back in the radiator because it would push, <laughs> which just pressurize the cooling system, um, and then drive again. So, um, yeah. So when I got back, parked the truck, uh, did, did a come and swap in it, uh, come and swap with a 720 or a, I'm sorry, 518 overdrive automatic, uh, 205 transfer case, ended up um, putting a 14 bolt in the rear end uh, because I did something to that 60 and I can't remember what it was now. I don't know. I think it just ended up being wore out. Um, and rather than put new gears and bearings in it, um, the 14 bolt was a nice upgrade. Uh, <clears throat> had bigger brakes. Oh, I remember what I did now. I melted a spindle <laughs> on the rear end. Um, so I ended up putting a Dana 70 in that I got from uh, my buddy Scott Stroud over there in Arkansas. Uh, shout out Four Seasons Metalworks. Um, 
ran that Dana 70 for a while. It was a 410 gear. Um, so when I put the Cummins in, I needed better gear. Even though I had the 518, which is an overdrive automatic, I needed better gear. So um, put a, put this 14 bolt in because it had 373s. Um, and then ended up putting 35s on the truck and that made for a really nice cruiser. Um, 373s had decent power and uh, you know I could still go down the highway good with the overdrive. So blew up a couple of Cummins's, um, you know, cooling problems, head gasket problems, probably some neglect and abuse on my end. Um, either way, it just—I I just was done with the Cummins's. Uh, the 518, I spent a bunch of money rebuilding multiple times, and it's still, uh, you know, same thing. Just it just couldn't hold up. I just use stuff too hard. I'm too hard on things. I overwork things. Um, I'm abusive. You know, I just, I expect too much of, of this equipment, especially light duty pickup stuff like that. So, uh, I vowed that I was not going to have that problem again. So now present day, or I guess six months ago, I started the swap with a DT 360 which is not a Detroit, which a lot of people, for some reason, people see DT and they just go, oh, it's a Detroit. Uh, it is not. DT is the international engine designation uh, for diesel. Uh, and then the T is for turbo, I believe. I'm probably wrong on that. Because I know there were D360s or D300, D, you know, 352s, or there was a bunch of weird diesels that were in tractors and and stuff like that. And then when they started turbocharging them, I believe that's where the T uh, designation comes from. Uh, and then there was the A, like DT360A, meaning after cooled, I believe. Again, this is, I'm just going off memory, so don't kill me if I'm totally wrong. But uh, the A after cool, meaning it would have an, an intercooler, charge air cooler. Um, so I got a DT360. I ended up buying a, a 1992 international school bus. Uh, it had low miles, had 160,000 miles, well-maintained. It was a school bus, and then it was a church bus, and then it got too rusty for the state police to... It, it failed inspection, and so the church bus church had to park it, and price of scrap was ridiculously low at the time, like 40 bucks a ton. So even the scrappers didn't want it. So I bought this international school bus for a thousand bucks, drove it home. We pulled the motor out of it. And then I sat on it for a few years. It was supposed to go into another project. Um, and I just never, that project never materialized. Um, I still have the cab and, frame and stuff for that project, but I, um, uh, that's a different, different podcast. Uh, so anyway, um, now that I had this, uh, this project with the black truck going, it was just the right opportunity. Um, so I needed to find a transmission that was going to hold up 
uh, better than the Chrysler one did. And, and everyone gives me grief about it, but I am not a fan of manual transmissions in rigs that I drive across the country. Um, it's just, it's too much effort. Uh, you know, when I'm talking on the phone and trying to eat a sandwich and, you know, I've been up for 20 hours, it's hard when you're driving through, you know, downtown St. Louis at rush hour and you're trying to not die and you're trying to change lanes and drive. It's just, it's, I'm not a semi truck driver. I'm not a super trucker. So I wanted a transmission that I could just mash the pedal and go, but it needed to be durable enough that it could hold up to my abuse. So the only transmission out there that I felt good about was the Allison. Um, so I picked up an Allison 1000, which is a five speed overdrive, uh, electronic transmission out of the 2005 Chevy Duramax. Um, and then being that it was a four wheel drive trans, I could put a 205 on the back of it so I could have a heavy duty transfer case still. Um, so the Allison is massive. Uh, if anybody's ever seen an Allison automatic, it has a clutch pack that looks, it's like a five gallon bucket. It, it is gigantic. The trans weighs 330 pounds on its own which is about 150 pounds more than the 518 that I had in there. Um, the horsepower and torque rating of the Allison is, is rated way higher than, than anything else. Um, the DT, I'm leaving stock for now. Um, so in stock form, it was 190 horse and... Uh, about 480 foot-pounds of torque, I think, is what it was rated at. Um, that Duramax, 05 Duramax, made more horsepower and more torque than that. So I felt confident that leaving the DT stock, I wasn't going to hurt that Allison. Uh, the 205, that's still 190 horse, is still within the realm of uh, what the 205 can handle. Um, but I decided because I was adding more weight and more torque and power, I got rid of the 14 bolt and we put a Dana 80, uh, a Dana 80 dually rear end in the back. Uh, so, uh, it has a 10,000 pound GVW, has four inch axle tubes. Uh, it's just a massive rear end. And then the front end, we put a Kingpin Dana 60 out of a, a early 80s Dodge pickup. So bigger brakes, um, kingpins, bigger tubes, the whole thing is all heavy duty to handle the uh, handle the weight and, and the mileage. Because when I had that Dana 44 front um, and the Cummins in there, the Cummins weighs about, mm, well, I'll back up a little bit. I picked up about 200 pounds from going from 392 Borg Warner to Cummins and 518. Um, so it wasn't much, but it was a couple hundred pounds. Well, I drove the wheels off that truck. If you followed me for any length of time, you know, 
put a lot of miles on that truck. Even, you know, the Cummins wasn't the best. It ran terrible. It got hot a lot. I still drove it just because I had to. And um, I was going through ball joints like crazy. That 44 was eating Spicer. I went through all kinds of different brands. And, um, you know, I was having to change ball joints about every 60,000 maybe. Um, just It just wouldn't hold up. The front end would start getting loose and it would start wandering and getting weird. So, um ended up changing that um so yeah putting that kingpin 60 in should help with the longevity uh because the dt does weigh a little bit more than the cummins did so um you know the whole truck just picked up weight because of the allison being heavier uh all that stuff so it just needed a heavier front end so so now the truck is DT powered Allison NP205 Dana 80 rear Dana 60 front uh, I'm running 33 inch tires I had to run a, a spacer in the back to separate the duals so the tires wouldn't rub um, I'm not a big fan of dually spacers or wheel spacers in general uh, just not not a fan of um, they create problems but I found a place that makes them for like um, mining equipment and and welding rigs and pipeline trucks and things like that where they need big tires um, and they maybe you know for whatever reason the axles aren't set up for it and so um, order a set of dually adapter or wheel spacers for the back <clears throat> and um, so far they've been great uh, I've got you know, a couple thousand miles on them and everything's still tight and nothing's, nothing's out of whack, but, uh, but no. So putting the DT in, um, it's a massive engine. Uh, I did not want to cut the firewall of the truck because the interior of the truck is done. Uh, it's bedlined, it's dynamated, it's carpeted, it's painted. The interior is done. Seats are reupholstered electrics done it's all done so the last thing i wanted to do and partially because of time because uh, i was i wanted to have this conversion done before nationals um <clears throat> uh so i wasn't cutting the firewall but because the engine is so big uh that meant that there was no room up front for a radiator so i went against everyone's internet engineering and I put the radiator in the back and it is tipped at a 45 degree angle. It has three very powerful fans on it. Um, and, uh, and so I have aluminum tubing running from the front of the engine all the way to the back. It runs down the passenger frame rail. Um, there are some rubber, um, couplers or joints, elbows in there, but it's mostly aluminum tubing, uh, that I've tigged and formed and, you know, miter cut and welded together and, <clears throat> you know, run through there. And it works really well. It works better than I thought it would, honestly. 
<laughs> but uh, no, so we put the radiator in the back, uh, which, you know, if you see the pictures of it online, it's not that intrusive, believe it or not. Um, we did put a flatbed on the back, which helped us kind of hide that radiator. But um, the biggest hang-up in the whole project was the Allison. Um, it is an electronic trans, so it has to have a standalone controller and it has to have a custom harness. So I went through transmissiontuner.com and um, the guy's name is Jason. He is like the rain man of Allison's. Very smart guy. Very, uh, he knows his stuff. So he sent me the instructions on how to break down a harness because he, he makes a harness himself, uh, you know, and it's like $1,400 or $1,500. But he was, he was back ordered, um, you know, two months or something like that. Uh, and I couldn't, I couldn't wait, um, just because the, the speed of the project. So he sent me the instructions on how to break a factory harness down to work. And so I tore the harness down, uh, and then Steve, my tech, Steve, he ended up finishing it up. He, there were some wires and some pins that had to get moved around and some splices that had to get made. He did that while I was doing plumbing because I did all the aluminum welding and uh, and fit all that stuff. So he handled that. Um, and then we got that all in. It needed a throttle position sensor. That was the other thing that had to get done because Allison doesn't know what's going on without a throttle position sensor. Um, so that had to get rigged up. And there was a fair amount of fabrication and 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 retrofitting that had to happen to make it all work um and then because i was running the gear drive transfer case i did not have a rear speed sensor the allison needs three speed sensors there's one that reads the torque converter speed there's one that reads the turbine speed inside the drum and then there's the output speed sensor. And what happens is, is there's parameters that they all have to function within. And then that's how the Allison knows where to shift and how much line pressure to have and what to do with what gear. And if something is out of whack with any of those, then the trans goes into limp mode and it'll stick itself in third gear and it won't lock the converter up. So, um, about the time that we got it wired and we got it all put together and I started to work with Jason for tuning the Allison, he comes down with COVID and he can't talk on the phone. So we kind of were just scrambling. We were knocking out other tasks, getting stuff done. The truck would move now. We could pull it in and out of the shop because reverse and, and first would work. First would work for a few feet and then it would go into neutral. So you'd have to shift it back and forth from, you know, first to second to third to drive to back and forth. So it would move a few feet before it would go back into neutral. 
It's just one of those things with the electronics. Um, and so Jason finally gets to the point where he can work with us. So he starts sending me tunes. We start working with it. And, uh, oh, I, I skipped over the part. So the speed sensors. So because I use the gear drive transfer case, there is no tone ring in there that the Allison can, can read. So I took a Dakota Digital um, pulse generator and then a Dakota Digital pulse modulator and though that is tuned to the 128k that the allison needs to read uh the, the correct pulses per mile the allison needs um so jason started tuning well there was some problems with that dakota digital stuff it would not it, the signal that it created was not strong enough and there was it was dirty um, and so you could watch it on the handheld controller because I have a EFI Live um, controller that I had to buy to do this whole tuning process. Um, and you could watch the the, tur the the torque converter speed and the turbine speed were real clean. Uh, you could watch the numbers climb, um, you know, smoothly. And then you saw the vehicle speed sensor, the Dakota Digital one. And it would jump all over, and it was not smooth, and occasionally would send a check engine light or, you know, limp mode of the trans, and it would stick itself in third gear uh, or go into false neutral. That It did that a lot, too. Um, and so we cleaned it up, you know, shortened up some wires, made it better, and actually got to where we were driving it. I drove it for a week, um, and... The, it was almost like it was learning that it had a shitty speed sensor and it was just working around it. And, you know, I would start it some days, it would go into neutral and then be fine the rest of the day. Other days it would, you know, go into limp mode and then be fine the rest of the day. You just clear the code and, and away you go. Um, so th there's a company, Advanced Adapters, makes a adapter from Allison to 205 that has a tone ring in it that the Allison sensor goes into so that you can run the correct Allison speed sensor on a 205 uh, which is ultimately what I what I need to do because the Dakota digital stuff is junk and I don't recommend anyone buy anything from them um, you know, I'm sorry, I'll take that back. We use the Dakota Digital uh, Cruise Control Systems on our restorations, but only because they are a rebadged item made by some European company that we don't have. That I can't get it. I have to go through Dakota Digital to get it. Um, but anyways, it's good because it's a it's a somebody else's system. The Dakota Digital stuff, which is probably somebody else's parts as well, but whatever, it, it's junk for us. So um, as soon as Advanced Adapters has more of the adapters in stock because they are back-ordered, um, then we will pull the 205 off and put in that adapter so we can have the correct speed sensor and clean up that dirty signal, and hopefully the Allison will, will shift more cleanly. 
But even with that bad signal, I was absolutely floored at how good that system is. That 360 loves to run. Two grand to 2,500, that thing makes tons of power. And that Allison with the five gears and the converter lockup, it felt like you had a 10-speed. Like it just, it banged through gears. You were always in the right RPM. The power just never stopped. Like it just pulled and pulled and pulled. And it's, like I said, motor is bone stock. And it just ran, it ran way better than any of the Cummins trucks. Even the last Cummins motor I had that had a pump and injectors and all that stuff. This 360 just pulled, it just pulls pulls and pulls and I'm sure some of it is the 410 gears that I have now versus the 373s I had before but still it just pulls and I did a couple of toes with it pulled around here went to the valley made a three hour almost four hour run to the valley and back pulled the mountains did awesome um you know just the drivetrain is everything that I'd hoped for and then some so uh, you know, I was confident that the black truck was going to make it to nationals because it'd been running for seven days now with, you know, the few little check engine hiccups that the trans was throwing. Otherwise, she was great. Um, so this is where we're going to leave this episode. Next episode, we're going to talk about uh, the drive to nationals and <laughs> why the black truck didn't make it there so anyway thanks for listening and uh talk to you soon